Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Amira, Selma, and Camelia. Hello to Maddie, Kiara, and Athena. And hello to Annika, who is four. Thank you so much for supporting us. In the last chapter we read, Susan was in the city center and the council was listening to Tucker explain why he brought her to Cat City. When Tucker said the word rats, the silence was broken and the crowd went wild. In this chapter, we find out what happened with Tucker when they entered city center and Susan went to see the council with his mom. Tucker thinks back about the reaction that Councillor Kai had when he mentioned the rats. Kai had seen them before? Why hasn't anything been done? Chapter 7 Tucker thought he was ready for anything when he entered the square. He was wrong. The last thing he expected was to be taken hostage by a group of guards and whisked off to the side without the chance to tell Susan what was happening. Tucker's attempts to escape were immediately shut down by the largest of the guards, who grabbed him harshly by the scruff of the neck. You'll be staying out of this mess you made, boy, Harold, the leader of Tucker's least favorite gang of guards, said harshly around a mouthful of Tucker's fur. He was horrified it was Harold and his crew appointed to escort Susan to the square. The other guards all hissed at Tucker, who sagged for a moment in the strong grip of his captor. They were obviously angry he recruited Vinny to dismiss them, and knew if they had a chance, they would take him somewhere private where they could show him just how upset they were. But Tucker wasn't thinking of himself. In fact, for the first time in a long time, he was far more concerned with someone else's welfare. He always had Vinny to look out for him when the purebred bullies came calling, but Susan had no one. He needed to be with her. None of this was her fault. Tucker's heart pounded with anxiety as he managed to wriggle slightly sideways in Harold's strong grip, winning himself a clear if slim, view of the center of the square between one guard and a stone pillar. He watched Susan being led to the pedestal, saw Vinny sit, and let her continue on alone, knowing his friend already did way more than he was supposed to do to keep Susan safe. Tucker held out little hope as the counselors leaped up and took their places 
that his mother would do much to defend his human friend. When the gong sounded, Tucker tensed, gathering his strength. He knew if he was going to break free of the guards, he would have to do it in his first attempt. He held still, waiting for the right moment, determined to tell what he had been asked to keep to himself. Tucker was still shocked by Kai's reaction the night before. You've seen the rats? Tucker had stared, open-mouthed at the counselor for a long time, unable to speak any further. I have. Kai had said much more calmly than Tucker was feeling. He finally found his voice again. If you've seen them, Tucker said, why hasn't anyone done anything about it? Kai slowly blinked his huge golden eyes. Why do you think nothing is being done? He asked his own question. Tucker was embarrassed. Of course the council were planning something. Oh, that's a big relief, Tucker said, feeling the most optimistic he had since he discovered the first rat two and a half weeks earlier. I didn't know who to tell and no one wanted to listen to me because... because of your half-blood, Kai said softly. Exactly, Tucker said. Kai moved closer, large ears sharply forward. This is very important, the counselor said to Tucker. I need to know who you told or tried to tell. Tucker shook his head in disgust. No one. None of them would even give me a moment to talk. Not even the gate captain. Tucker hadn't as yet gotten over that particular disappointment. He always trusted the judgment of the large silver tabby with the gruff manner and big heart. Monster, Tucker thought, was the closest friend he had in the gatekeeper's ranks, and even he brushed off Tucker's warning. Kai seemed to relax a little. Just as well, he said. The fewer who know, the better, at least for the moment. What is the council planning to do? Tucker asked. Not the council, Kai said. Me, and a few others. Tucker was shocked. But they need to know. Do they? Kai shook his head, whiskers twitching. Do you honestly think they will do anything? Even believe it, Tucker? They will spend hours and hours debating the truth of it, while the rats get closer and closer, and will do nothing until it is too late. Tucker couldn't help but agree. The council was notorious for doing nothing. Still, he thought they deserve to know this is too big. I need you to promise me you will keep this to yourself, Kai said to Tucker, for the good of the city. For the first time ever, 
Tucker found himself doubting Kai. I can't do that, Counselor, Tucker said softly but firmly. Kai was silent for a moment. I can't change your mind then? I'm sorry, no, Tucker said. They need to know no matter what. Not only to help the city, but so they know why I had to help Susan. Her safety is at risk because of the rats. I trust you're doing what you can, he added hastily, realizing how close he was to losing the only real friend he had on the council. But if you fail, the others have to be prepared to pick up where you left off. Kai nodded. Very well, he said. He stared at Tucker for another long moment, so long that Tucker began to feel uncomfortable and actually blinked himself. You have a good heart, my boy, Kai said finally. I wish. If only the situation were different. Tucker tried not to be bitter. He knew his parents' decisions limited his choices. Thank you, sir, Tucker said. And now it seemed it didn't matter what Tucker wanted. Thanks to the council's orders, he was being kept from telling them what they needed to know, and Kai was getting his wish after all. Not if I can help it, thought Tucker. He listened as the counselors demanded answers. Albert spoke, his voice carrying perfectly. As we are all now aware, there was an event yesterday. There was an event because the half-bloods gone nuts, one of the guards said. The others laughed. Tucker tried not to listen, focusing on the grip on the back of his neck. Had he felt Harold's teeth loosen just a little bit? We will hear now from the one responsible for the perpetrator. Tucker heard from the square. He held his breath, hoping Cynthia wouldn't just toss Susan to the crowd because of her anger and ambition. Tucker knew she craved a seat on the council and also knew his existence and her marriage to his common father held her back. He wondered most of his life if she resented him for that. I realize how troubling this is, Cynthia was saying, but it was unavoidable. And because of Tucker's actions, the girl is safe and sound. His mother was actually defending him. Tucker wasn't sure if he was happy or not. What defense would she use, and would it help Susan? And why exactly was this child in danger in the first place? Miku's voice was unmistakable. Tucker tried not to flinch. The Siamese pair was notorious for their cruelty to those they thought guilty, whether they were or not. She went into the forest, Cynthia said, and found the grove. All by herself? Tucker recognized his Aunt Tabitha's voice and knew how much pleasure the golden Persian was getting 
from his mother's discomfort. There was no love lost there since they were kittens together, and Tabitha took every chance she had to torture Cynthia about her choice of husband. This time when the crowd yowled and growled, Tucker felt the guard's teeth loosen in response. Knowing he had only one chance, Tucker prepared to take it. Indeed, Albert said. Do you have an explanation, Cynthia? As Albert finished, Tucker felt Harold loosen one last little bit, and, in a flash, he acted. Tucker twisted sideways sharply, rolling over on his side, breaking free of Harold's grip. He rolled further between one of the other guards and the stone post he had been watching from as Harold yowled. Tucker leaped through the gap, not before a set of claws locked on his tail. He couldn't help the cry that escaped as he tore his tail free and raced to Susan's side. I would speak to the council. Tucker's heart raced as he landed beside his friend, struggling to catch his breath. He knew they could still silence him if they chose to, but hoped the council would try to humiliate him instead, giving him the time he needed to tell them about the rats. Tucker ignored the fury in his mother's eyes as she spun on him. She could be angry with him later. This was too important and he was doing what he was told. Tucker was shocked when his gamble paid off. Very well, Albert said. We will hear from Tucker, son of Cynthia. Relief flooding him, Tucker tried to stay focused. Thank you, Tucker said. He knew he couldn't show any affection to Susan in that moment for fear they wouldn't listen but couldn't leave her feeling so alone. Looking up at her, at the tear stains on her face and the plain fear in her eyes, his heart went out to his human friend and he reached out, placing one paw on her foot. This is Susan, Tucker said, then waited. He knew how important his information was. He wanted them to understand. When silence fell again, he went on. Susan and her parents, as you know, just moved into the house above. Yes, Tucker, Albert said, continue. Tucker, afraid but knowing they needed the full truth, confessed his crime. I have been living with them for two weeks now. The reaction was understandable and he tried not to reach out to Susan in sympathy as he watched her clamp her hands over her ears, making a face. He waited and waited. Finally, the orderly in charge ran back up the stairs and rang the gong for silence. Tucker was trembling and hoped no one knew it. He did his best to stay calm. Tucker, son of Cynthia, you have broken one of our most important rules. 
Albert was visibly upset, his fur standing on end, tail twitching. We are not common cats to be playthings of the humans. What possessed you to do such a thing? This was it. Tucker didn't hesitate. To keep Susan safe, he said. From what, dear boy? Tabitha asked. What threat could possibly make exposing us to humans again worth it? Only one thing, Tucker told them. He knew they were listening, knew they might hear him at last. Belief might be a little longer coming, he thought, but hopefully in time to save them all. And that is... Kai stared at him with his large golden eyes and, for a moment, Tucker wondered if he was really doing the right thing. But he shook off any doubt and took a deep breath. Rats, Tucker said. Kai finally blinked, slowly, once as the silent crowd of casts burst into sound. Tucker, the truth finally out, looked up at his human friend and tried to keep the fear of what would come next from her. But knowing the danger they all faced from their old enemy, wasn't sure if it was fair that she had no idea how much danger they were in. The rats were back, and Cat City was their target. Good night, sleep tight.